Hey guys, it's your host, Sam Evans, and welcome back to another episode of Lifestyle Redesigned. So let me tell you, this episode has had so many takes, it's not even funny. And honestly, I kept apologizing to Eamon so much because I was like, girl, she was like so flexible with recording and everything. There was construction outside of my apartment for like the past couple weeks now. And I swear every time we went to record, they would just start. Like they like knew my recording schedule because that's when they started doing all the construction work. So it was very, very hard to record. And then of course, like right in the middle of our of our episode, there was like technical difficulties. I had to switch mics. Thank God I had a different mic at, at the time. Um, so this episode is a little bit all over the place. So I'm just preparing you for that. Um, but the content is good. That's that's what matters, right? The content is good. So like I had mentioned before, I interview a girl named Amen who went to school to be a dentist. So she has like years of education behind her and even actually started being like a dental assistant and and starting her career and she realized that she didn't like it at all. Like that just wasn't for her. Both of her parents were entrepreneurs. So she was kind of used to that like entrepreneurial style of work as opposed to the nine to five. So it was kind of difficult for her to adjust to that. And then she kind of decided that like it really wasn't for her. So she ended up starting her own beauty brand called Foxy. She just started it. So it's still in the pre-launch phase and she's still trying to grow the social medias and her audience and everything like that. But we get right into everything that it takes to start your own business and the branding and the marketing and the package design, just like everything you can imagine we get into into this episode. And if you're thinking about starting your own business, then this episode is definitely for you because it gets into like the nitty gritty of it all, like basically the stuff that nobody talks about. I really hope you guys enjoy this episode despite all the technical difficulties but I had to get this second episode out for you guys so I kind of just had to go with it so without further ado let's get right into the episode hi Amen. how are you hi how are you I'm great I'm pretty good too I just well the construction that we've been dealing with just stopped so I'm pretty happy about that <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, thankfully it's been like going on all day. So I'm happy that that's over. We can finally record. Yes, I'm so excited. Me too, me too. So for anyone that doesn't know you, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself, your business, what you're up to? Yes, definitely. So I am Eamon. I am a founder and CEO of a South Asian clean beauty startup folksy and we're still at the very like pre-launch phase so we plan to launch this fall so sort of busy with that that's awesome that's awesome yeah i found i think i found your business first yeah because you've been doing like a lot of like pre-launch stuff right Mm -hmm, like through mm -hmm. instagram yeah so when i had found it it seemed like a very cool brand and and I don't know, cool Instagram, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much. That makes me so happy. Yeah, yeah, of course. So what kind of like, what made you want to start a business, like um, a beauty business in general? So um, my dad, he's an entrepreneur and he, I guess growing up, I just saw him like, you know, just like having his own business and never 
really like, you know, uh, working like a nine to five. I mean, I didn't even know if that was a thing. Um, so I guess I always had that seed in me, but I'm just getting to sort of nurture it right now. Um, mm. But like, I think I would say to be specific, like 2020 is when I sort of like started really thinking about, you know, just starting a beauty, clean beauty startup, because this was something I always wanted to do. I just thought it was like, you know, so far up there. Right. Um, so never really had the courage to do it. Um, so yeah, I have like a little story before, like, you know, I was a pre-dental, so very different from what I'm doing right now. Um, but yeah, sort of like, you know, two, I guess a year and a half ago, that's when it sort of started happening. Yeah, no, that sounds awesome. What's, what's been like going into the pre-launch? Like how, I mean, I'm not a business owner, so I don't really know, like, you know, pre-launch, soft launch, and then, you know, all of these different terms and things for starting your own <laughs> business. So like, what's kind of gone into that, the whole pre-launch thing right now? Yeah. Um, so it's like you said, it's like a lot, like a pre-launch and then a soft launch and then like, you know, the launch. Um, I guess with the pre-launch, because it's the time when you start, like when you think, okay, I want to start this. And then um, and when you launch it, so everything in between, I guess, it's like, you know, the whole journey, I would say, it's been a very, like a great learning experience. Um, so first I had to like look for the formulation labs and I wanted to personally create my product here in the US. So I looked at all the formulation labs around the uh, US and um, I, I worked with a couple of different ones. I asked for the samples and ingredients. I told them what I wanted. Um, sometimes you email these labs and uh, you don't get like a reply back, which is right. like, you know, because uh, as a startup, no one really knows you. And uh, sometimes people take you seriously. Sometimes they don't. So that's the first step uh, looking for a formulation lab and uh, tell them what your vision is with the product and the formulation and the whole R&D. And then uh, once they start, you know, taking you seriously, I guess, and start sending you samples and then you take that, I guess you, another big thing is like the MOQs, like how many products you want. Cause as a startup, uh, it's ideal if you have like a little MOQ cause you know, uh, because of the budget and everything. So a lot of labs right away sort of like, you know, don't want to work with a startup there if their MOQ is like a little less or on the lower end. So all of that, once you sort all of that out, then you sort of like, uh, you know, get your R&D started with the lab of your choice. And that took me, I would say, a good four or five months just to like, you know, contacting them talking to them, getting the samples. Once I figured that out, um, I think we had to change two labs before the one that I'm working with right now. Um, and I got sort of lucky with it because the lab that I'm working with right now is in Houston, Texas, which is where I'm from. So I, and then, you know, like they're sort of like experienced. They have worked with um, other known brands, which, uh, when I found out, I was like uh, so happy and excited. 
and they were willing to work with me. So I guess I sort of got lucky in that aspect after changing two different labs. So after the R&D is done, you sort of move on to the packaging. For me personally, packaging is more technical and I, I just faced a little bit more challenge with packaging than formulation. Uh, and I get, we were just working on it and basically we just wrapped it up. So we got, like we just paid our deposit and everything with packaging boxes, everything. So once we're about to get our, you know, things shipped out from our supplier. So you're getting your stuff shipped out right now? Yes. So we just paid for our, uh, for, you know, like the deposit for the design because with packaging, it is a little bit more technical. Sometimes I, if you have a vision and you want a certain kind of packaging, but the quality wouldn't match. And then it's a little disappointing because then you want the same design, but the quality is not good. And Mm. Oh, with me, I'm very picky because I want my packaging to be up to a certain standard. Uh, so then I, you would have to like search for more suppliers, ask them if they're willing to work with your MOQs, um, if they have the good quality product. So after a lot of sampling um, and all that and the designing and stuff, I finally found a supplier that was like willing to work with my numbers and they their quality was like something I liked. So um and then uh, you have to work with like a packaging designer who can help you with the vectors and die lines. It's a lot of numbers um, with your design. Uh, it's it's very technical. I have to say I underestimated a lot, um, but um, and it took me. I thought I would just do it within two weeks. I'll figure the whole thing out, but. It, uh, it took me a good, I would say, a month, a month and a half, two months. Wow. Yeah. Um, and we're still not fully done. We have just paid the deposit. We're still sort of sampling now our product and our packaging. So we're still not fully there yet. But yeah, we have like paid our initial. It's like we know what supplier we're working with. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It sounds like so much has already like gone into it. You know, <laughs> yes. that's crazy. <laughs> It is coming along. It is coming along. It's pretty exciting, though, Um, because this is something I always wanted to do. And I like, you know, I have I like to say I have a good knowledge when it comes to shades and makeup and formulation. Um, So for me, I I find it very interesting, Um, even with like working with the lab and asking them for a certain ingredients in the product and testing that out and the textures and the colors. all of that is just, you know, it's been pretty fun. Um, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's nice. I'm liking it. I'm having yeah. fun. <laughs> that's good. I think like that's what matters most. Cause honestly though, props to you because a lot of people go into it, they realize how much work it is and then yeah. they stop, you know, or they quit. And, and I feel like you're kind of still moving along very well. So yes, I feel like um, if you're fully into something that you want to do, or if you're interested in that, then I feel like it's not at that point, it's not really a work for you. Um, I mean, yes, like it's not going to be fun 24 seven. It has its like, you know, ups and downs and you have to still take care of like other paperwork and like every little thing like legal stuff and the LLC and all of that boring stuff but for the most part um but uh, you know like the work itself like the whole beauty clean and like testing out the formulation skincare that's pretty interesting so 
I guess it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. I think since you kind of now found what you love to do and it doesn't really feel like work, it's a lot easier yes. to, to do it. And and the amount of hours, I, I think that the amount of hours that you put into like, we could call it a passion project. Yeah, really feel like the same amount of hours yes. that you put into like a job that you hate or uh -huh. something, you know, that that isn't isn't meant for you. No, definitely. Um, I know I like how you said passion project because that's exactly like what I call it. I, I always tell people that, hey, this is like, you know, my passion project. And mm. because before this, I was doing uh, something completely different. I um, started college as a biology like a major and I wanted to pursue dentistry. So I was a pre-dental for all my bachelor's, under, undergrad years, and then for master's, I have a master's and it's in science as well. So it's in biology um, and I plan to like, you know, apply to dental schools and become a dentist. Um, and I did apply to dental schools um, back in 2019 and the cycle, the whole dental like application cycle is for a year. So. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a long process. So, yeah. so 2019, December 1st is when you first like start getting your acceptances. Um, and I found out that I got waitlisted and uh, which I thought was not a bad thing because um, if I had applied the fall the year after, so it's just like up your chances. That's how the medical uh, or dental cycle works. So I was like, that's fine. At that time, I like, you know, was done with my master's degree. So I was like, okay, why not start working full time as a dental assistant? I had the RDA uh, certification and all that. So January of 2020, I started working full time as a dental assistant. And um, I guess working full time just gets more real for you. Right. And I was doing the whole nine to five of uh, working at a dental office with the dentist. Um, um, and at first it was obviously like, you know, not bad. And um, it was interesting to like, you know, see the dentist doing the extractions while I was assisting her or root canals and all of that. But I guess after like a couple of weeks, a month, um, it just got very repetitive for me. And I decided I, I was just like, I didn't find myself enjoying it as much as I thought I would. Um, and I really, that's when I really like started questioning um, myself, like, is it even worth it? Um, so it's, it's been, it's been a lot. It's been a journey, I guess, but I'm, I'm yeah. glad I'm here. I'm glad we're here. I was going to say, it sounds like it. And also, at least you're pursuing your dentistry, like passion as well, mm -hmm. you know, and, and applying to dental school. Have you applied again or are you waiting? No, actually. So um, after I, you know, and then pandemic hit March of 2020. So we, the dental practice also closed. So after that, I was just at home. At first, I tried convincing myself, hey, it's not as bad, you know, like I can do it. It's not but um i just did not uh find myself like you know or found the motivation to even apply because i was like i mean i i don't i had the credentials and the networking and everything but i just thought that 
this is not something I want to do. And I just had to be true to myself, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think it was like, you know, the whole pandemic was like a bittersweet thing for me because I mean, everything closed, we were stuck at home. But it also gave me a time to sort of introspect and like, you know, sort of really uh, learn, grow and figure out what I want to do. And um, that's when I started thinking about like, you know, hey, I always wanted to do, you know, have my makeup line or do something in the beauty and fashion. Why not pursue this? Like, cause this is like, really, I would tell my friends, even at the pre-dental that if I wasn't doing dentistry, I would have my own makeup line. So this was something I always wanted to do. I just sort of, I guess, lost track of it when I got to college. Um, so I just sort of like built up the courage and um, I listened to a lot of podcasts, which that, you know, I that's why I appreciate this whole podcast. Yeah, and of course. It's so insightful. Um, and that gave me a lot of courage and just to like sort of start. Um, it's funny that I'm talking about this right now and it's like, you know, sort of the story's just flowing. But when I was going through it, I was just lost for the longest time and um it was so scary. I was scared. Um, so but luckily I guess we were in the middle of the pandemic, so that gave me a time to sort of figure out and learn and grow. Um and then and then I just decided not to apply for that following cycle and I told my parents and I was like I don't think I'm applying and they were like okay so like okay why what are you gonna do are you gonna apply the next year and I I was like I don't know yeah I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it, was, it was hard yeah and it, it's scary too because you went to college for all of these years and then you're kind of like damn like this isn't really what I like anymore and I think a lot of people go through that they think that once you graduate, you go into the field that you've studied and, and that's that. But for mm -hmm. a lot of us, if not most of us, mm -mm. everything that we've studied, we've never actually experienced until after college. So exactly. No, no, you're right. Um, 100%. Um, I went to college and that's, you know, like when I decided not to pursue dentistry, I uh, did try to, like I said, convince myself uh, that, hey, it's fine. It's going to be work at the end of the day. You do your nine to five and then you come back home and you do whatever you want to do um, because of the fact that I spent so much time and effort into like, you know, this one degree. Like I, uh, I was a science major as a science uh, major, you have to like you know put in a lot of work uh, like you know um there i pulled a lot of all my yeah. and like it was extensive studying and a lot of like classes like organic chemistry physics and um very much like upper level biology classes even with masters so i was a little scared because i was like you know i put in all of this work so many years of my life um should I even like, you know, change the career path like that? Um, it was pretty scary, but I just could not, I guess, lie to myself. Um, and if I wasn't honest with myself, I, I also thought it was unfair if I would be like, you know, treating the patients. So I thought it would be a little unfair for the patients too, because 
if this is not my thing, then why would I, you know, like, so I just decided not to go for it and just like, you know, sort of do something that I'm passionate about. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the most important thing. And that's something that is a lot harder for for people to actually put into action is to, you know, we could all say everybody, of course, has a passion. Everybody yeah. has like a dream job, a dream life, something that, you know, they want to do or they could see themselves doing in the future. But with like the way that society has us lined up right now, it's kind of like you just have these these steps of life, these paths that are seem to be the easiest. And that's what a lot of people take. And, and that's totally OK. Yeah. You know, like I've definitely found myself stuck in this cycle of okay well if I just go to work then I can come home I'll have my weekends free like it's a lot easier than spending a majority if not all of your time doing your passion project and that's what people some people might not think about or or might not want is like agree okay nobody or I should say I personally do not want to work a nine to five simply because I feel like it takes up my whole day I get home at mm-hmm. five, I'm exhausted, and then I just have, you yeah. know, my weekends to as free time. But when you do your passion project, you're actually working way more. Like exactly. it doesn't seem like work, which is the best part, but it's like I wake up, you are like you wake up, you you wake up at eight AM and then you immediately you start doing, like you said, packaging stuff, emails, this and that, you know, social media, and then you go into something else and all throughout the day you're like working on this project. And for most of us, at least when we're starting, we're not getting paid for it either. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's like, damn, we chose, we chose to like work more for less (laughs) to pursue something that we love. And I think that that, that means a lot because we love what we're doing. So we don't really care right now if we're getting paid for it or not. Exactly. No, this is so true. This is like 100%. Um, I find myself like, you know, working um, even on my phone, uh, like right before I go to bed, like I'm on my phone. So sometimes I'm working until like 3 a.m. And then I wake up and I have my phone and right away I started work, like I start working again. So I feel like um, with the 9 to 5, um, you work those hours and then you come back home or once you turn your laptop off, you're just like, you know, that's it. You're done with work and then you're doing whatever you like with having your like, you know, working on your passion project or your startup, your business. I think you're I feel like I'm working 24 seven. But like you said, it since it is a passion project, you don't really feel like it's work. Like, yeah, it has like some dry stuff, like legal stuff, um, the numbers and all that. But for the most part, it is your baby, I guess. So you're just. Yeah. You? Oh, yeah. I genuinely like I literally think it's my baby. Like, so I every time I, you know, try to like tell people what I'm doing or, you know, whatever, like because uh, I have a lot of samples that I give it to my friends and we talk about folksy a lot. So anyone, if every, like, you know, they talk about folks, I'm like, okay, like, that's, that's my baby. Okay, so we had a little bit of technical difficulties with the audio, and I had to switch mics, which is why it probably sounds different than what you guys were just listening to. <laughs> but anyways, to go back to what we were saying, I can totally see how people see their business as their baby. But honestly, like, I don't really know if I see my podcast as that just yet. I'm kind of like still in the beginning stages trying to like figure out where I see the podcast going and kind of like 
the overall goal of having the podcast, you know? No, actually, I think it is your baby. You're going to, you know, as you're going to go with it, continue doing what you're doing. Um, It's going to become your baby. Like, it is your baby. You just, like you say, you just not feel it yet, but you will. Like, trust me, exact thing happened with me as well. Like, when I started it, for me, it was just like, you know, this little small thing that I was doing. But as I, you know, as it started growing and it still is growing, we have a long way to go. But I feel the sense of being like, you know, my baby and, you know, I'm very protective over it and stuff like that. I think you're going to get there. But yeah, you're there. Like, trust me, it is. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, honestly, like we were saying, it's just the beginning. (laughs) So as time goes on, it'll definitely start to feel more real. No, no, it definitely is. Even for me, I feel like it's like we have a long way to go. We're still at the pre-launch phase. So it is the beginning, but it just like, you know, it starts to feel a little real. It will for you as well. I know, I know. I'm definitely excited for what's to come. Like, I feel like as time goes on, more of the good stuff will start to come. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't you talk a little bit about the branding of Folksy and maybe some of the struggles that you went through during the whole process? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, I feel like any small business or any business for that matter, it, it is a learning curve and it is a learning experience. So um likewise we also faced a little bit of like you know hurdles i guess um so initially we had a little bit of issue with our name so our name wasn't always folksy it was um something else before and we had to sort of like switch our branding and the designer i was working with so um which was again a learning experience for me um initially we had a different name but then we signed like you know registered for the trademark and then we found out that two names even if they're similar but if they're in the same category for skincare or beauty which is a number class three it can be the same names even if they're like very similar so that was a challenge and uh for the whole branding that we were getting you know done from I felt like my vision was were like not aligning with the designer I was working with. And it was a little like hard because again, um, I'm like, you know, also experiencing and learning as I go. So I had to sort of like, you know, tell them that, hey, you guys are perfect. You know, there's nothing wrong. It's just like our visions are not aligning. And then there this whole thing with the naming bit and the trademark thing that was going on. So we had to sort of cut ties there. And um, I guess I'm lucky enough to found like a designer that my vision aligns with. And um, we have been working with her and she's amazing. So we worked like pretty much one-on-one, like, you know, we had a phone call and right away we clicked. Um, We were on the same page. Yeah, I was so glad uh, that I made the decision and um, everything I was talking about, she knew exactly what I wanted. Um, and like, she's such a crucial and a big part of Folksy now. Like, I genuinely feel like, you know, Folksy would be so incomplete without her, even though we're not like that far along. But whatever we are right now, like, she has literally brought the vision to life. 
So I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, that's awesome. Honestly, though, I feel like it's one of those situations where if you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But on the other side of things, it is really hard to find somebody who can get the vision across that you're trying to, to tell them that you want. <laughs> 100%. I agree because it's hard because, you know, like sometimes you have to like, uh, hire people and then drop them. And it's like very hard conversations. But um, and obviously, there's a way to do it. But it's just like, at the end of the day, you have to do what I guess, feels right, and what your vision is for your brand. So that's all that matters, because that's just something I want to bring into life. So you know, that was very important for me to work with someone who basically, you know, gets what I want. And I mean, like, I obviously feel like we're almost like yin and yang because sometimes I'm like, hey, I want it to be like, you know, very colorful and very cute and this and that. And then she just like, she's like, okay, but you still have to have a color palette and you need to stick with it. I know you want it to be very playful and a lot going on, but you can't just have all the colors. And she literally like, you know, she basically has a lot of knowledge in that sense the colors and designing because she is a graphic designer and a professional fan so she just like you know holds me back and she corrects me which i prefer and um i think we work perfectly now so i'm so grateful that it happened but when it was happening it was like so stressful but i think it's like completely normal for any business right right honestly like i can only imagine but honestly i feel like that's really good that she knows what she's doing yes. and you've kind of learned how to take that criticism mm -hmm. but not take it personally because it's not like she's trying to hurt your feelings you know she just has been doing this for a while and kind of knows what looks best and and once you learn how to take that constructive criticism that's when things start to work it's so important exactly because I mean yes like I'm not a graphic designer and you know like they know what they're doing and that trust I think is so important um, and that's why I always say with like branding and designing, you have to, it's very important to find someone that knows what you're talking about and knows what you want. And, you know, you have like that vision and the click with them. And I'm like so grateful that I was able to find someone. Um, so yeah, like it was, it was in the beginning, we did face a little bit of hurdle, but I guess it was all for the best. Yeah, I mean, I guess it all works out in the end, right? <laughs> it all works out. Yes, yes. So I mean, what can people expect from this launch and, and the future of Folksy? Yes. So right now, we're just like all about the pre launch. We're all about, you know, our eyes are on set with the launch and you know, our first launch product. So uh, we just want to like launch this and have it to be like, you know, create the perfect product that everyone loves and, you know, very multi-purpose, practical product. That's what I'm aiming for. But um, after the first launch, I do like behind the scenes, we're still working on our second and third launch products as well, because it's so convenient for me because the lab that I'm working with is in the same city like me. So it's very easy that I can always like, you know, drive there and have questions and test out the samples and all of that. So we have uh, our second and third products in the development phase right now. So that's exciting, but right after the launch, I would want it to distribute the product to the retailers. 
So that will be our focus right after the launch. But for now, we're all like focusing on the launch and just growing this brand, growing the awareness, um, having more diverse brands in the industry, I guess. Uh, I mean, I absolutely love your vision and the fact that you did this pretty much all on your own since the start. That is super, super impressive. Thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, with all that said, where can people find you and how can people support you? Yes. So um, my Instagram, we are uploading, uh, you know, a lot of behind the scenes content on our Instagram page. So if y'all want to like, you know, stay updated and know what's going on, when the launch date is, we haven't announced the date yet, but it will be in the fall, so later this year. So if you want to be updated with all of that, um, it's going to be on our Instagram page, which is Folksy, F-O-L-K-S-I-E and the underscore. Um, and then we also sort of upload on TikTok every here and then. But yeah, those are the main platforms that we're uploading stuff on as of right now. Perfect. So I'll link everything in the show notes just so all the listeners can find you and support you easily. Yes. <laughs> and thanks. I just wanted to thank you so much for being on the show. I had such a good time. No, it was so much fun. It was great. Like um, I were a small business and I love supporting like, you know, other small passion projects because I know I understand the courage it takes you know I honestly do respect it I, I understand it I'm in your shoes so I'm so glad that you know I was a part of your podcast and it was so much fun it was actually so much fun Ah, thank you so much I really do appreciate that it was so good to have you on the show thank you Well, if you guys got all the way to the end, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you learned a little bit about what goes into starting a startup and just the fact that there is no timeline in terms of when you can start a business or when you can kind of pivot your career path. Like going from dentistry to the beauty industry is like two totally opposite sides of the spectrum. And Eamon is clearly showing that you can be successful at it. So just take this as your sign that you don't really need to have a 20 year timeline of what your life is going to look like because you can kind of change it whenever you want. I really hope you guys are enjoying this little two episode a week series. And I want to thank you guys again for tuning in to this week's episode. And don't forget on Tuesday, a new episode will be out. Talk Talk to you guys then.